Dan, go ahead and come up here and get in place. So um, let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for another day. We thank you for this time, God. We thank you for this revival, God. Lord, we thank you for the people that have come out to this place tonight, God, to hear from you. Uh, Lord, we thank you for uh, the team that is about to join us here on the stage. I pray that you would bless them as they uh, just come up to uh, just worship you in spirit and in truth, God. We pray that you would just be with us tonight. Uh, we bless the speaker. Lord, we just thank you for everything that's going to come from this. God, we know that it's all for your glory and for your kingdom, God. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Turn your attention to the screens, guys. your path is lonely doesn't mean your path is wrong everybody won't be want to grow to where you want to go everybody won't make it to your next level because everybody won't be want to sacrifice what it takes to create greatness so unfortunately the ones that started with you might not finish with you the ones that had your back might turn their back but you can't allow who left you to keep you from your best you you can't allow what left you like to stop your life in order to move up there's some things you must be want to give up in order to get ahead there's some things you must be willing to leave behind. Holding on to your limitations won't help you reach new destinations. Carrying dead weight won't help you be great. Never let the fear of losing people cause you to lose yourself. This is your journey. It's not about perfection, but progression. It's not about being perfect, it's about becoming better. I'm gonna be real with you. Struggle is a part of it. Losses are a part of it. Setbacks are a part of it. Sometimes you have to go through your worst just to become your best. Sometimes you gotta lose everything just to gain everything. Don't let it discourage you, let it encourage you. You'll never get to your success by skipping the process. You'll never grow without growing pains. The valley might be ugly, but I promise you this, the peak is beautiful. So never stop climbing, because the only way it works if you work. The only way you progress if you proceed. Don't give up on you because they gave up on you. Don't stop believing in you because they stopped believing in you. What they think should never enforce what you know. How they feel about you should never change how you feel about yourself. Understand, the battle is not with them, the battle is within. Your competition is nobody else. So that means can't nobody defeat you except yourself. Can't nobody stop you without your permission. Losers focus on winners and winners focus on winning. So you keep your eyes on the prize. You rise above the lies. You rise above the hate. You rise above the fake. You rise above anything or anyone that's in your way that's trying to prevent you from being great. Never back down even when your back's against the wall. It matters how many times you get back up, not how many times you fall. It's about your mentality. What's the point of dreaming a dream? You're not working to turn that dream into reality. So speak life into your life. Be your own motivation. A legend is just an ordinary person with extraordinary determination. So find a way to make one. At the end, you just regret the chance you didn't take. So find the courage to take one. Your only limit is you. Don't surrender to your struggle. Make that struggle surrender to you. Listen, pain is temporary, but giving up is forever. Never be good or good enough when you know inside you live something better. You didn't come this far just to settle. You didn't come this far just to accept whatever. You came this far to take it to your next level. You came this far to become something greater. What makes it even more special is that you didn't depend on favors. Is that you did it with plenty haters. But as you can see, it doesn't matter who doubts your life when your life is highly favored. So you watching this video for your dreams, for your vision, for your passion, for everything. Don't you ever stop working. And always remember this. When the destination is worth reaching, the path won't always be perfect. But like I tell you, in every single video, it all starts with you. Tag two people to this video and tell them it's time to get it. It's real.
Oh 
church, he's worthy of it all tonight. Come on, he's worthy regardless of what you came in here with tonight. Come on, he's worthy of all your praise. Come on, it's an honor to come in here tonight and to praise the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Come on, for just a second, can we sing that again and give him the glory he deserves tonight? You're worthy of it all. You're
you to give God the best praise. Come on, give him the best praise. Come on, he is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Come on, can we lift him up? Hallelujah, Jesus. Come on, he deserves our best praise tonight. Come on, I think you can do a little bit better than that. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, can we give this praise team a hand tonight? Springfield Church of God. Hallelujah. You guys may be seated.
So a simple hallelujah. Maybe all that someone has tonight, God, but that's all you want from us. And tonight we say hallelujah. We say thank you, Jesus, for your good. You're good tonight. Look to your neighbor and say, it's good to see you tonight. Look to your other neighbor and say, are you ready for the word? Now look back at him again and say, don't you distract me. Because I'm going to call you out. Tell them they'll call you out. <laughs> and if you don't know your neighbor, tell them your name. Huh? We all God's people in here tonight. Amen. Amen. Well, this time I have the distinct honor and privilege to present our speaker tonight. This guy is no uh, stranger to this area. Um, he, I am older than him by three days, so I just keep, I, I like to remind him of that. Um, our, my birthday is August 17th. His is August 20th, so I'm the older one. Uh, I'll keep reminding him of that, okay? Um, but I, I've traveled with this guy uh, many, many times uh, to watch him preach. Um, uh, spent many weekends on the road driving his little, uh, what was that, green little uh, Corona, Toyota Corolla, Corolla we had. His, um, his mom passed out to him, so spent many miles on the road together. Uh, again, he is no stranger to this area. Uh, so what I want us to do, I want us to stand to our feet, and let's give a welcome to Pastor Zachary Barnes as he comes and brings the word tonight. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you so much for coming. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. It feels good in here tonight. Amen. Are you glad to be in God's house? You can keep playing for me just a few more minutes. Uh, let me just, uh, if you don't mind, just visit for just a moment. Um, it, it's, it's a unique occurrence. I was here about a week and a half ago in Larnberg preaching, and I get to be here again today. So I get to see some faces twice in about a two-week period, and then some of you that I've not seen in a long time. But it is good to be here tonight. And as I was driving in, I sensed an expectancy and a holy anticipation about what God would do among us tonight. I don't say this lightly. I, I'm not one of those who manipulate this, but I do believe I have a word from the Lord for us tonight. If we will open up our hearts. Once again, can we tell Springfield how wonderful they did tonight? At this point, I've done a couple services with Springfield. Pastor David, I'm just going to count them as members of mine, too. They're going to be online members. And, uh, man, incredible. Always had wonderful music and so good uh, to do that tonight. Thank you to Pastor Cody, to Pastor Michael for allowing me to come, to Pastor Tim here at this local church, uh, to all churches, all pastors who are here tonight. I honor you. It's good to see you in the house of the Lord tonight. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to the book of Acts chapter 12. Acts chapter 12. Last time I was here was about a week and a half ago, and I made this comment, and I'm going to make it again tonight. I know you guys had a, a great service last night. Pastor James Earl did a wonderful job. I know Pastor Jason's going to do a great job. Uh, tomorrow, my job is not to mess it up tonight. And so I, all I can say is there are many kinds of preachers uh, you, you've got all styles, you've got all kinds of array of styles, but I'm the best Zach Barnes you're ever going to hear. So all I can be is be myself tonight. Is that all right? So you help me, and uh, I preach faster and better if you help me preach, okay? Acts chapter 12, we'll begin in verse 5. The word of the Lord says this, So Peter was kept 
in prison. But the church was earnestly praying to God for him. And the night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains. And sentry stood guard at the entrance. Verse 7, suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared and a light shone in the cell. And he struck Peter on the side and woke him up. Get quick. Come on, get up. He said, and the chains fell off Peter's wrist. And then the angel said to him, put on your clothes and sandals. And Peter did so. And he wrapped your cloak around you and follow me. And the angel told him. And Peter followed him out of the prison, but he had no idea that what the angel was doing, what the angel was doing was really happening. He, he thought he was seeing a vision. He was having a dream. They passed the first and the second guards and they came to the iron gate leading to the city and it opened for them by itself and they went through and when they had walked the length of one street, suddenly the angel left him. And then Peter came to himself and now I know without a doubt that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from Herod's clutches and from everything the Jewish people were hoping would happen. And when, when this is, had dawned on him, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark, where many people had gathered and were praying. And Peter knocked at the door of the outer entrance. And a servant named Rhoda came to answer the door when she recognized Peter's voice she was so overjoyed she runs back without opening and she tells the folks stop praying Peter's at the door and they said you're out of your mind but when she kept insisting that it was so they said it must be his angel you just saw his angel but Peter kept knocking and when they opened the door and saw him they were astonished let me read that again. But Peter kept knocking, and when they had opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. Tonight, for just a few moments, this is what I want to preach on. Will you open the door? Will you open the door? Father, for the next few moments, I am asking you to help me, Lord. My body, my mind, my spirit needs your help. For without you, Lord, I cannot preach your word. And I'm asking that you would anoint me to preach the word of the Lord in the power of your spirit. That at the end of this night, there will be a generation of people who will take a step into what you have for them that they have not taken yet, Lord. And at the end of this night, thank God for wonderful music. God, thank God for the preaching of your word. But at the end of this night, may we leave saying God was the one who showed up and showed himself to be who he really is. And we pray it in Jesus' name. And everyone says, amen. Look at somebody beside you say, help the preacher out tonight. I most recently, I know none of you have ever done this before, but I most recently found myself on a rabbit trail. I was on Facebook and I was watching videos and I started at one point watching a video about some kind of gospel music, some kind of Christian music I was listening to. And somehow, five minutes later, I was watching tornadoes completely destroy cities. Anybody know what I'm talking about? 
Now, how gospel music and tornadoes destroying cities uh, are any way connected, and you get from one video to the next in that short period of time, I'm not sure what the algorithm is, but it's completely beyond my ability to comprehend. I found myself watching uh, these tornadoes. They were incredible. I mean, not incredible in the sense of wonderful, but incredible in the sense of the storm and the, and the, um, the way they would come into a town. They would come into a city, and in just moments, they would completely turn the city upside down. And as I was sitting there and I was reflecting, I, I began to think, it feels like we are in a season of tornadoes. What I mean by that, it feels like we're in a time of spiritual tornadoes and, and we're in a time of cultural tornadoes and moral tornadoes. I mean, just look around you. What you will see is it, it, it seems like our world has completely lost their mind. It seems like the world has completely lost their mind. Let me just be plain with us tonight. Look at the culture around you. Confusion over sexual identity. Uh, issues relating to homosexuality. You, you see sexual abuse happening outside, but let's also be truthful, happening inside churches. You see racism. You see uh, the promiscuousness, the, the lustful attitudes that are all around us. Look around you. You see fraud. You see deceptions. If we'll just be honest with ourselves tonight, we are living in some dark times. We, we are living in times where, where the righteousness of God, God's way of living, seems to be at an ultimate low. But, but hear me, I've not come to be a doom and gloom preacher tonight because despite my diagnosis of the days that we are in, I have an immense hope. I have a great hope on the inside of me. We're living in dark days. We're living in dark times. But I've got hope because days of great despair and persecution, days of darkness and spiritual wickedness are the very days that God pours out his spirit, pours out revival, and sends a move of God on the earth for his people. Look at the darkest days that the world's ever seen and you will find correlating revivals. You will find moves of God that are happening all around us. And, and my prayer tonight is this, Lord, it's a dark day. I'm praying that you pour out your spirit. Lord, it's a despairing day. I'm praying, would you send a revival to us? The story that we read tonight, it begins in a season of despair. It begins in a season of darkness, not of one of abundance and overflow. There's a man by the name of Herod. He is the king of the region called Judea. Jerusalem is in that region. And he is not a king that's been elected. He's not a king that is a religious leader. He has been put there by the Roman Empire, the people who had taken over Israel and, and had tried to make them their, their servants. And he's there, and he launches an agenda of persecution. We're going to persecute this new little group called the church, and we're going to come against them, and we're going to fight them. So one day, the 
the, one of the great leaders of that local church, that early church, his name was Peter. He is arrested and he is put in prison. But I love that verse that we started out with tonight. In verse 5 it says, Peter was kept in prison, but here it is. But the church was earnestly, fervently, with passion, praying to God for him. Because when darkness was at work, God's people were calling out to him. When evil was seemingly progressing, God's people were fighting, not with what they had in their hands, but on their knees in their prayer positions. When, when powers of wickedness were persecuting, God's people were interceding. And while they were praying, the Bible says God sent angels to deliver Peter from prison. He is freed. I don't have time to go through all of that, but he's freed by divine intervention. He walks through the gates. He walks past prisoners, by guards. He walks past prisoners, all of them. Nobody sees them because God divinely intervenes and delivers this man from the cell that he was in. And when he gets out and he kind of recollects where he's at and he kind of gets his bearings straight, he says, I need to go to the house where, where they've been praying for me at and I, I need to talk to them for a few moments. And so the Bible Bible says Peter gets there and, and he begins to knock at the door. Peter gets to the house where they're praying and he begins to knock at the door. He was knocking while they were praying. If you, if you, they couldn't see it, but us looking at the story the way we can, their, their answer was knocking at the door. The, 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 the solution to the problem they've been praying about, Pastor David, it was knocking at the door. The miracle that they had been desiring was knocking at the door. In fact, what you find is Peter is delivered and this deliverance that he has, this, this deliverance from persecution followed by what this work continues to do and God does among them, it leads to what verse 24 says, that there was a flourishing of God's word in the region. Maybe another way to say it is this, Peter's deliverance led to revival in the region. God bringing Peter out led to a revival in the region. So what you could say is this, that when Peter was knocking on the door, miracles were knocking on the door. And when Peter was knocking at the door, answers were knocking at the door. And when Peter was knocking at the door, revival was knocking at the door. There was a renewal. There was a reformation. There was a movement. There was a stirring that was knocking at the door of this prayer room. And I've come back to Larnberg tonight to tell some people I feel with expectancy and holy anticipation in my heart that there is a knocking at the doors of our hearts. There is a knocking at the doors of our churches. There is a knocking at the doors of our community, Pastor Tim. There is a knocking, a knocking that will produce a flourishing of God's word among us, a knocking that will produce a revival that takes needles out the arms of men and it calls them to drop their alcohol. It's a revival that takes domestic abusers and causes them to repent. It's a revival that will turn our communities around. I, I hear the sound of knocking. My brothers and sisters, if we'll open up our spiritual ears, if we'll open up our hearts to hear what God would say to us tonight, I believe we would begin to hear that there is a knocking at the door. God is trying to get our attention. There are 
pivotal points and seasons in God's calendar that we can miss if we are not careful. But God is trying to call us, and I've come to the shout myself tonight because it's not just for Larnberg, but it's for Greensboro. God wants to send revival to his people. The question of the text is not, is there a knock? The question is, will you open the door? There's a knock at the door. There's a knock in our hearts. There's a knock in our spirits. But my question to you, the Lord's question to you tonight is, will you continue to ignore the knock or will you open the door and see what God would do among you? I ask tonight, this generation, will we open ourselves, our spiritual doors, to see what God would do among us. See, tonight's a youth conference, so let, let me focus in on this text because I think this word has a particular, I, I think there's a particular word for us tonight as people, how do I say this, who are not so seasoned as some of you. That's good, right? Okay, just want to make sure. Thank you, Pastor DJ. I went talking about you, brother. <laughs> Look at it. Peter knocks on the door and the saints are praying. Verse 13 and 14, look what it says. Peter knocked at the outer entrance and a servant named Rhoda came to answer the door. And when she recognized Peter's voice, that's important, she was so overjoyed she ran back without opening and she said, hold up, y'all stop praying. Peter's at the door. We've been praying for him, and he's here. He's, he's at the door. Now, I, you can't miss this tonight. The Bible describes Rhoda as a servant girl. King James calls her a, a damsel. Here's what she would have been. She would have been somewhere between 12 and 15 years of age. She, she is a young teenager to someone who is going to their late teen years. She, she's a young lady. And here is Rhoda, this, this young lady who hears someone knocking. She goes to the door. She recognizes Peter's voice. Here's what I love about Rhoda in the text. Rhoda heard what was on the other side while everybody else was busy. Everybody else was busy doing something, but Rhoda heard. It was a young lady who first heard the knocking, the sound, the voice of what was about to enter the house. Rhoda was able to hear first what was on the way to that house. And I wonder tonight, do I got some students who can make up in their mind? I want to hear what God's going to send to my youth group. And I want to hear what God's going to send to my church and my community and my school. I'll hear it if nobody else will I wonder if we'll make up in our mind and say I want to hear what nobody else is willing to hear it, it, it wasn't the apostles who heard it first Peter represents revival it wasn't the apostles that heard it first it wasn't the elders who heard it first it was little old Rhoda who everybody discounted because of her age and her status. 
It was little old Rhoda. What happens in Acts chapter 12 starts when a teenager is willing to hear what is on the other side of the door. When a teenager was willing to hear the knock that brought revival. And I wonder tonight if there are some of us who will make up in our mind and say some teenagers, some young adults, come on. I'm talking about folks who are outside that age bracket as well. It will say to ourselves, it's time that I disconnect from some noise in the house because I got to hear the knock. It's time that I disconnect from some noise around me because I've got to hear the knock of heaven. I've got to hear what God would do among me. I've got to hear what God wants to do in my church. I've got to disconnect from the noise around me so that I can hear what God is saying, so that I can hear what God would do among me. I've got to disconnect. I've got to disconnect from the noise social media oh I love it it's got its proper place I love listen social media lets me get stay connected to many of you here because I'm out of town now I love it but but I've got to disconnect from the noise of what everybody's saying I, I, I've got to disconnect from the noise of this culture that's telling me one thing that stands in opposition to this book let, let me just help somebody out if you're always trying to stay in line with culture, you will always be behind. Because it is constantly changing, it is constantly moving, and what you thought, listen, I'm not far removed from you, okay? I'm not, I turned 30 in two or three weeks, and what was good when I was just in high school a little over 10 years ago is now out altogether. Why? Because it's constantly shifting. You gotta make up in your mind, say, you know what? I'm not going to listen what the culture says I, I'm going to disconnect there's some good things you got in your life they're not bad inherently but they're causing a lot of noise time consuming meaningless confusing noise but I got to tell myself Lord I got to disconnect from it all because social media won't transform me like what's on the other side of that door but the culture won't empower me, Brother Paul, like what's on the other side of that door. Everything else won't do something to me like what's on the other side of that door. But if I can hear the knock and I can open up the door and hear what God and see what God has for me on the other side, it'll change me and it'll transform me and it'll make me into the man and you the woman of God he has called you to be. Will I disconnect so that I can ultimately hear God. I got to put my ear to the door and hear the voice of God on the other side. You can't hear the voice on the other side of the door until you block out the noise in your house. What noise do we need to isolate? Do we need to block out? You know... I, I, I love history, I, I know, but I, do you know every significant move of God and revival over the last 500 years, it started, almost every move of God started among young adults and teenagers. Not all, but almost everyone. You know why? They got tired of the noise in churches that was meaningless. 
And they knew God was calling them and there was something deeper beyond what they were experiencing. It started when students and young adults got so dissatisfied with the current state of affairs in the church that they started praying and they started fasting and they started seeking God. Why? Because that's what gets the noise out of your life. Come on, we can pump you up and prime you here tonight, but when you get together and you pray and you fast and you seek God, God will begin to take the noise out of your life. They were moving the noise so that they could hear the voice on the other side of the door. Now, Rhoda hears this voice and she hears the knocking. Here's what she does. She runs back to the elders and she said, hold up, y'all stop praying. Peter's here. And they said, wait one second, it must be his angel. There is no way he is here. Rhoda heard correctly. Rhoda heard the voice of Peter. She heard the knocking. But she ran to the elders in the meeting. And I, let me just talk to a Rhoda generation tonight if I can. Those of us who are younger. Let, let me talk to us tonight. Hear me. I, I'm one of you young men, young women of God. Hear me. The appropriate thing for you to do when you start hearing a knock of revival, when you start hearing God's voice, when you start hearing the voice of direction, hear me. The appropriate thing for you to do is to do like Rhoda and run to an elder. <laughs> I'm going to shake that bush one more time. The appropriate thing for you to do is to run to an elder and tell them, will you help me discern what I'm hearing? Will, will you help me? Because hear me, revival seasons of God's divine glory, they must be fueled by you both a youthful energy and a seasoned wisdom. You've got to have the energy of one generation, but you must also have the wisdom of another. Because if you just have the energy of one generation, what will end up happening is that energy will actually get in the way of what God wants to do. And if you have the reserve of another generation, we will stand back and miss what God wants to do. But when you take the youth of one generation and the wisdom of another and you put it together, who knows what God could do? He could turn the world upside down all over again with his body the church you take one and you take another find, find someone in your life who you can run to when you say come with me I hear the voice of God calling me into ministry will you help me discern it find someone who you know you can trust and go to them and say I, I hear the knock of revival on our youth crew will you come help me discern find someone and say I hear God giving me a prophetic word will you come help me discern the knock the voice that I'm hearing Every, and I mean this, every decision I make in life, every major decision, there are two or three people who are wise and older than me. I will run it by. Watch this. Even when I disagree with what they say. Even if I take a different path because I disagree with what they say, I go to them and I run. Will you help me? Please, will you help me? Because I, I got to make sure, Brother Nelson, that I'm hearing the voice of God correctly. Unfortunately, the elders dismissed Rhoda because they thought she was crazy. But their dismissal doesn't undermine the fact that Rhoda was right to go to them in the beginning. Because if you will honor God by doing what is right, God will honor you. 
Now I preach to some rotas. Let me preach to some elders for a few moments. Can I do that? Let me just speak to some elders and some leaders at this conference. Say, my brothers and my sisters, don't dismiss what Rhoda is trying to hear. Don't dismiss what Rhoda is telling you, what, what students in your church are telling you that God is speaking to them. Guess what? It may sound crazy. It may sound ridiculous. It may sound outside of the norm, but we need some leaders who will affirm what the next generation is hearing. We need some leaders who will say, Rhoda, come with me. Let's go here and see if you're hearing that not correctly. We need some leaders who will affirm and discern what the Rhoda generation is hearing. Oh yeah, let me let me let me preach. This may be my first and my last pastor. <laughs> oh yeah. They need guidance. Oh yes. They're not gonna get it right always. Oh yes, they're going to get it wrong. And I can guarantee you, sometimes they're gonna be out of order and they're gonna need somebody to teach them. But they won't get it wrong every time. They won't be out of order every time and they won't be off every time but we need some leaders who will discern with them and affirm them and say Rhoda you're hearing revival go after it brother Rhoda you're hearing a move of God go after it sister Rhoda you're hearing the call of God go take a hold of it and see what God will do among you we need some leaders who will affirm and discern what Rhoda's hearing my little boy He's five years old, and he loves to sing. I mean, he can pick up a song in a heartbeat. He, 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 he loves worshiping. He loves singing. And I, li, li, I grew up just on Lees Mill Road, not far from here. And I, I love contemporary music. We sing all this at our church that we sang tonight, some of my favorite songs we sang tonight. But, but if you're going to tell me what my bread and butter is, I'm an old soul. If you're going to tell me what my bread and butter is, uh, I, I, I listen now some of y'all ain't gonna know this y'all gonna think I'm talking about some uh, group like Maverick City but I ain't talking about Maverick City I listen I, li I love to listen to the Happy Goodmans and some of those old people you know and uh, <laughs> they, they all gone to glory already no longer around now, not because I don't think the new, I love new music. I worship with it all the time. Let me tell you, nobody's going to dance more than in my church than the pastor. I'm going to dance more and rejoice more than anything because I, I love it. But I'm gonna, I, I, if you're going to tell me what my bread and butter is, what I get ready on Sunday morning listening to to get ready for church, it's going to be something that's older than me. I grew up just down on Lees Mill Road, and the church I went to, the only contemporary music we sang in our church was Bill Gaither, and it was the 1984 version of Bill Gaither. All you older folks got what I was saying. <laughs> I'm going down the road with my son the other day, and I, I, we're playing this song, Living in Canaan's Tide, Egypt's Bound. I'm singing, I'm, I'm singing this song, and I'm doing it. And after about a song and a half, Luis, my son, can, 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 can handle it for about a song and a half. After about a song and a half, he said, he said Dad, turn it off. I don't like that. <laughs> I said, son, you don't know what you're talking about. That's Holy Ghost music. <laughs> I said, that's Holy Ghost music. You've been talking to your mama too much. That's Holy Ghost music. <laughs> he said, Daddy, I don't like that. I, I don't want that. And he said, and look at me. He said, put on that, I thank God. I said, okay, now let me finish my turn. This is going to be your turn. So I put on, I thank God. Let me tell you something. My son's 
Five years old, his style of music is already different than what my bread and butter is, what I enjoy the most. He's over there. He's singing, I thank God. He picked me up. He turned me around, placed my feet on higher ground. I thank the master. I thank the savior. I thank God. Let me tell you something. He looks different than me. His sound is different than me. His, the way he goes about it is different. But there's nothing greater in my heart when that five-year-old little boy starts singing, hell lost another one. I am free. Get up, get up, get up, get up out of that grave. You know what I'm telling him? Go ahead, Rhoda. You're hearing the knock. Go ahead, Rhoda. You hear the sound of God. Go ahead, Rhoda. You hear the voice of God. And you open the door to God and watch what he will do. Go ahead, Rhoda. I'm not going to stop you, but I'll affirm what God will do among you. I'm not getting in the way of Rhoda because I'm not going to miss the move of God because it doesn't look like what I wanted to look like. Because hear me, if we don't create a space for them to hear and exercise that, they'll find a house that will. They'll, they'll find a house that will. All, get, look, I was reading this text, and what amazed me about it the most was all this conversation's happening. And guess who's still knocking at the door? Y'all, I hear him. He's there. You ain't heard that. Come on, no, 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 I heard it. Rhoda, that, that's an angel that looks like, it looks like Peter there over there. No, 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 no. Hey, watch this. God is knocking at the door of the house, and they can't hear it, and they're about to miss it because they're having generational dysfunction. Watch this. They can't hear it because there's a generational battle that's happening. And they're arguing about whether to open the door and let God's miracle walk in. And I wonder how many times have we missed them? Because we're arguing on the inside. Well, that don't look like what I think it ought to look like. That don't sound, listen, I ain't an outsider. I'm from Larnberg. I know the kind of conversations we have here. It don't look like what I thought it ought to look like. It don't sound like what I thought it ought to sound like. Let me tell you how I gauge a move of God. Is it scriptural? Are lives being changed? And is God being glorified? And if you can answer yes to all three of those, go ahead, Rhoda, I'm right behind you. Go ahead for it and pursue after what God has for you. They are having a battle and they're about to miss it because they're having dysfunction in the house. But I love this. Finally, the elders, finally, Peter's still knocking. And Rhoda says, you got to come hear it. Here's what the Bible says. Verse 16. It's powerful. You can't miss it. They opened the door. Rhoda didn't open the door by herself. The elders didn't open the door by herself. But Rhoda came along with the elders and they opened the door together because what God wants to do is not a one generation kind of move. What God wants to do 
is not something just for young people not something just for the season of our church but God wants us to come hand in hand with some elders now Pastor DJ I'm not calling you old but you're an elder come on up here brother come here <laughs> this man used to give me opportunities to preach when I couldn't preach myself out of a wet paper sack I had to pay people to give me a chance to preach back then <laughs> brother what God wants to do it's not just my generation but it's your generation and the only way we can accomplish a true biblical revival is when we lock hand in hand and we walk together and we begin to do what the scripture says. The psalmist declares that one generation shall declare to another generation the wonderful works of God. You know what I long to see? I long to see some grandmothers and granddaughters dancing in the spirit together. I long to see some fathers and sons lifting up holy hands. I long to see one generation worshiping God with another generation. You take your generational battles. Give me the glory of God. You take what you're concerned about. I want a move of God. I'm hungry for something that can't be confined to a week and to a series of evening services. Let me tell you why I, I know I need revival. We started our church. I didn't go to something that was established. That's what God called me to do was to start the church. And I got there and I realized all my education, all my experience, I've been in church my whole life. All that, I have no idea what I'm doing. There's some days I get up in the pulpit, I feel pretty confident, and then Monday comes around. I'm like, dear God, what am I even doing? I have no idea what I'm doing, Lord. But then I realized, guess what? That's why we need the glory of the Lord. I can't preach good enough to save the people in my community. I can't preach good enough to cause people to come to Christ. But there is something that will. And it's when the power of the Holy Spirit comes among us. And so what I'm praying is let one generation connect with another generation so the lost come to know him. So disciples are made. Together. God, give us a multi generational move come on Springfield see Rhoda had ears to hear but she didn't open the door together they opened the door see Rhoda generation you need your elders wisdom but elders you need Rhoda's willingness to be a little ridiculous because the older we get the more comfortable we become with what is the norm. Maybe what our churches need is a good baptism of ridiculousness. <laughs> not disorder, not charismatic chaos, but a move of God that is beyond what is capable. Something ridiculous. I need one generation to help me open the door. Listen, when I, don't, I don't care who heard it first. I don't care who deserved it. I don't care. I'm, I, I'm, I'm beyond who gets the accolades and the attention and the title. And there the, I'm just saying, God, send revival to my community. God, send revival. Last thing I'm going to say, Pastor, what do I need to do until I hear God knocking? 
Maybe you don't hear him knocking quite yet. Maybe God's appointed time isn't quite yet, but look at what Rhoda did. She was serving when she heard the knock. Rhoda was doing what she knew to do, and God met her in that. Rhoda served until God sent it. You know what? If you say, I really want to hear what God wants to do in my life. I really want to hear revival. Go find your pastor. Pastor, what can I do? That's real practical. Pastor, what can I do? How can I help you? I find a place that you can serve. I, I remember I was traveling as an evangelist. My, my church was a smaller church growing up, and, and I was preaching in churches that were bigger, had more people in their music ministry than, than I had in my local church. But when I would come home, if my pastor looked at me and said, Zach, now I, didn't, I, didn't, I was just a big time evangelist. I'd go and preach at this church. We had revival. God was blessing. I'd come home, but my pastor looked at me and said, Zach, you know what? They, they forgot to clean the toilets. Can you go in there? You know what I'd tell him, Pastor Tim? Where's the cleaning supplies? Because I can't hear God if I'm not willing to serve. I can't, I can't hear what God God wants a serving heart not a heart that's interested in just being served God will bless those who serve don't look where you're serving at because, because God has positioned you there for a reason so you can hear what he wants to say to you because if Rhoda had dismissed her duty to serve she would have missed the knocking if she had relinquished her duty to serve, she'd have missed what God wanted to do among her. Stand with me tonight. Hear me. We're about to pray. But you can't miss this. We're asking God for revival tonight in our generation. Peter embodies that revival. But you got to catch this. God was the one who sent Peter, sent revival to that house. Here's what it proves to us. You cannot work up revival. You can work up something, but it won't be revival. You can't work up a move of God. It must be sent by God. So my job while I'm waiting on revival is to say, God, I'm going to serve you. I'm going to keep doing what I know to do. And I'm going to keep listening. I'm going to keep listening for revival that saves my family members. Anybody got any family members that need to be saved? A, a revival that transforms the people in my community. I'm looking for revival. Here's what I want to do tonight. I feel impressed of the Lord to do this. I'm going to ask if you came with a group and you've got some students who are here. Pastors, leaders, student leaders, I want you to come wherever with your church, gather in your group, and I, I, just the leaders, I want you to come up and gather with your leaders up here. Would you do that? Come on. We got some pastors. Come on up, pastors. Come on up, youth leaders. Yeah, come on. Yeah, come on up, leaders. Come on up here, Kenny. You're, part, you're, you're, you're a leader in your church. Come on up, leaders. And, it, and, and here's what we're going to do. If you see your leader, I want you to go over there with your leader. Come on. If you say, my leader's not here, I just came here by myself. Just go grab somebody. 
If you would say with yourself tonight, I want to hear the knock of revival. Come on, yeah, come with your leaders. I want you to get with your leaders. Here's what you're going to do, leaders. I want you to lay hands on the rotas of your church. And I want you to bless them. And I want you to affirm them and let them know that what God is going to do through them, they're just not hearing something. They're hearing the knock of heaven. Come on. Come on, lay hands on them, leaders. Come on, lay hands on them. That's it. Affirm them. I affirm the gift of God in you. I affirm what you're hearing. Yes, I affirm it. You're hearing him. You're hearing the knock. That's it, that's it. I lay my hands on you, and I affirm the gift of God in you. Yes, 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 yes. I affirm it. Keep on hearing him, Rhoda. That's it. I affirm that gift. We affirm that gift. We affirm it, Lord. We affirm the gift of God. Keep on hearing him, Rhoda. Keep on hearing the knock. God is speaking. God is speaking.
Yes, yes. just having some moments of, of reminiscing for a second and I promise we're, we're about to do something and, and I'm thinking about the we, we used to have it sounds like I'm old but I'm really not right but I, I remember when we would get together in this community at this church Springfield at East Larnberg at churches around the church I grew up in and we would have these youth services like we're doing right here and, and, and I want to tell you, I'm looking around and I'm seeing people, Pastor Michael, others of you who were birthed into ministry out of services just like these. And what I'm praying is this. We're about to all lift our hands and I, I want us to seek God and say, God, would you send something so wonderful to this community that it raises up a generation of people who will continue the message of your gospel who will continue to do it. So come on, would you just lift your hands with me? Come on, just for a second, will you say, God, pour it on us. God, pour it on us. Oh, Lord. God, I pray you would do something so wonderful in this community. I'm asking for a revival that starts with students, Lord. Thank you for our elders. Thank you for the place they have in our life, oh God. But start a revival in our community that begins with us. Start a revival in our community that begins in our youth groups. Start a revival that begins in our youth rooms, oh God. Call us to prayer. Call us, Lord. God, we ask for it tonight. In the name of Jesus, would you send revival? Lord, would you send revival, oh God? That's it. Come on, cry out for it. God, send revival. Send your spirit. My church needs it. My house needs it. My family needs it, God. Send revival.
home. Sing that tonight, family. Your name is once again over this room. We don't want to leave till God's done all he wants to do. You can't rush into revival. thing 
I think I'm going to. One of the greatest experiences of my life was I was going before a board to be licensed to preach. I was 19 years old. And when I got done being asked questions, I saw a pastor in our state. It's a big old man. He got down on his knees and he wept over my feet. I can still hear the prayers of the men and women around me on that board praying for me, affirming the call of God on my life. I've become aware of this, the need to do this in almost every place I go. You may not know what that looks like, but if you would say, I feel God... Now listen, let me, let me preface this by saying God uses us all to minister. Amen. But maybe you feel God calling you to some kind of ministry leadership. Maybe you're feeling called to preach. Maybe you're feeling called to lead worship. If you, if you feel that call on you, maybe it's in children's ministry, youth ministry, you feel a call that one day you're going to minister to students as well. If that's you, would you just lift your hands? Come on, anybody been called? Thank you, thank you. Keep those hands up. Keep those hands up. Keep it up, yeah. Thank you. It, you may not, you may not be a student, but you feel that calling stirring. If, if that's you, uh, if you don't mind, would you just kind of make? Can we make some room here in the front? That's you. I want you to come. I want you to. I want to pray for you. That's it. Come on. Those of you that prayed, whatever, whatever that ministry you feel like God's calling you to, come on up here. We're going to affirm some people tonight in the call of God on their life. Come on. Come on. You didn't raise your hand, but that's you. Come on. Pastor Tim, would you come help me up here, brother? Pastor Brett, would you come? Pastor DJ, anybody else, pastors, leaders, worship pastors, y'all come on. Y'all come in and just find your way. I want us to lay hands on them. Granny, come on up here and help me out. Lay hands on some of these ladies and pray for them. Oh, God. There is. There's some more of you. Come on. Don't, don't, don't hesitate to move. God's dealing with some people. Yeah, there you go, Brother David. Get some of that. Granny, get you some oil. Come on, Mandy. Paul, that's right. God's dealing with you. Let me tell you something. There is something when an elder lays hands on you. I'm believing God's going to do something in you tonight, and you're going to walk in it. If you don't have anybody with your hands on you, laying hands on you, just lift your hands. I want to make sure. Everybody, right here. Sister, if I can get another lady, come help me pray right here. Come on. Pastor Michael, you're there. You can lay hands too. Come on, would you pray for them right now? Come on, we're going to believe God's going to raise up some leaders. God's raising up some men and women, Lord. In the name of the Lord In the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you. The promise of God is true. Sons and daughters shall prophesy. Young men shall see visions. And old men shall have dreams. Lord, raise up another generation of preachers. Raise up another generation of worship pastors. Raise up another generation of warriors and student ministry. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. In the name of the Lord Jesus, God, raise him up tonight, Lord. Raise him up tonight, God. Your church is in good hands because you're raising up another generation. 
You're raising up people who will prophesy, who will declare the wonderful works of the Lord. Yes, 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 oh God.
time with hands across this sanctuary. Can we do it? this altar I see that mix of those generations this guys is what it's about this is revival here he preached tonight I'm third I'll be 30 next week but I remember those services growing up from the oldest to the youngest 
everybody would be in the altar seeking the heart of the Father. That world that we face every day, you know what's going to help us with that? Times like these. This is where we fight, guys. This is where we get our strength. This is where we get our help. It's from the Lord. I ask you this question tonight. Will you open the door? God's knocking. God's knocking. God's knocking. Answer the call. Some of you guys, I can't make it off my grandmother's salvation. I've tried. I would hear her praying. I mean, my few people have heard me say this. I would hear her praying over and over again. God, please save my children, my grandchildren. And I would hear deep from her from her heart. She'll be praying those prayers. But guys, when you experience Jesus for yourself, there is no other feeling that you will participate in this world that will compare no alcohol can give this. No drug can give this. Only his presence. His presence changes us. We're never the same again. Will you open that door? Hug your neighbor, tell him, tell him I got your back. I want you to mean that, guys. I got your back. Look to your neighbor and say, will you open that door? Amen. Amen. Guys, one more time. Can we give Springfield Church of God, dear guys, a hand tonight? Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Can we give Pastor Zach another hand tonight, guys? Give us Zach another word tonight. Amen. Amen. Before you guys get dismissed, I got just a couple things, okay? Before you get dismissed, don't get going too fast. Don't get going too fast, okay? All right, guys, out there in the foyer, Saturday we are having a panel um, of different pastors and different um, youth leaders. If you have questions for that panel, it is outside. Also, when you go out those doors, the big blue buckets, we are taking up an offering for our speakers. Uh, we want to bless them. Uh, so as you go out the door, there will be two big blue buckets out there. I look to you neighbor and say, come back tomorrow. Come back tomorrow, 7 o'clock. Pastor Jason Cook will be with us. We love you guys.